Hi, I'm Graham McLennan, and today the show is all about cooking in small spaces but wide open places. Think vans and deserts and boats and oceans. Let's get started. Talking to chefs and sometimes lawyers, but always to people who love food. It's Chef Demoni. Here's your host, Graham McLennan. Well, welcome back, and thanks for being here. I'm really excited to share another Friday with you, or whatever day it is when you happen to download or stream the show. We've got a really fun interview coming up, but before we get there, just a bit of housekeeping and a quick look ahead to what's coming up on the show. I'm really loving the connections that are happening through Cheftimony lately. One came from my new friend, Christy Totten, and you'll have met Christy on the show recently because she and I together interviewed Chef Jamie Tran for episode 17 of Cheftimony. Christy works with her podcasting partner, Sonia, and together they are the duo behind the Spicy Eyes podcast, which I say again, you really must check out if you haven't yet. Well, Christy has a friend who's now my new friend who is a lawyer in the state of Nevada. So that's really cool. Even cooler than that, this lawyer has an abiding interest in the food scene and the craft beer scene. So that was exciting. So I got in touch with this woman. Her name is Laura, and you'll be hearing from her several months down the line on the show. So Laura and I had a quick email exchange, and she let me know that her boyfriend is also a lawyer, and he is also a Cicerone, a sommelier, a certified sake expert, and he's owned restaurants in the past. So how cool is that? I feel like I've hit the Cheftimony guest jackpot. And I guess it makes sense that hitting a jackpot happened in Nevada. Anyway, uh, Laura and her boyfriend are busy. They're traveling for the next few weeks. So it's going to take us a while to sort out interview times, but I'm really looking forward to speaking to them and then to sharing those talks with you. I also connected with another lawyer. My friend Lisa wrote in, and I had mentioned this before. This is the lawyer who provides legal advice in the craft beer space. Again, super cool. I've been in touch with him. Carlos is his name. And he and I are looking at the end of September, likely, before we're going to be able to coordinate our schedules and get the interview happening. But as soon as it does happen, uh, I'll be happy to share it with you. Really looking forward to speaking with Carlos. Also, in September, this is happening, my fiancé and I have finally booked our short, quick, close honeymoon. So our wedding is happening in September. There you go, a little personal insight behind the Cheftimony podcast. We're getting married in mid-September, and then we're going to spend a few days. We're going to go from Gibson's on the Sunshine Coast to Galliano Island in the Gulf Islands. Really, really excited. And while we're there, we're going to go to a place I've been reading about and hearing about for years, and I can't say how excited I am that we're finally going to get the chance to go, and this is Pilgrim Restaurant. So look it up, P-I-L-G-R-I-M-M-E. It's a beautiful, beautiful little spot. I say that based on pictures and what people have told me. Can't wait to see what Leanne and Jesse have in store for us. So that's coming up in September, and of course I'll come back with a full report here on the show. Okay, now to the interview for today. I connected with Bart Cops, that's our guest's name today for the interview. I connected with Bart through Instagram, where I'm finding so many leads and connections. And we actually have a bit of a chat about that, about the positive side of social media and how it's helping both him and helping me with the podcast to reach more people and 
to find more like-minded people. In any case, Bart is originally from Belgium, and he started, interestingly enough, a solar energy company when he was there, a solar panel company. Then he expanded into the U.S., and he was flying back and forth between Belgium and California, so he ultimately moved himself and his family to the U.S., and then wound up in Las Vegas, and then he went through some uh, personal changes in his life. You'll hear about those. And as a result of that, he wound up taking his three kids on a multi-month road trip around the southern U.S. So Nevada, think Nevada, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, that kind of landscape, which is one I absolutely love. Within the first day, what Bart realized was, wow, I am not going to feed three kids three meals a day for months out on the road here. I'd better learn how to cook. So you'll hear in our interview the story of how he came to learn how to cook and how he came to learn how to cook in really cramped spaces. And that led to Camper Chef. Camper Chef is now Bart's Instagram handle, his website, and his persona. And what he does is share his expertise for good food, for personal connection, and for travel with other people. Shows people that it's not intimidating to cook, even if you're in a small space, you should give it a go. And that in the same time it takes to go to the drive-thru, you can put together something really wonderful and fresh at home. In fact, there's kind of a funny discussion around drive-thrus, and I really appreciated Bart sharing this with me. He, like me, occasionally starts thinking, hmm, maybe I should just go to the drive-thru here. Much as I love cooking, much as I try to stick to fresh local healthy ingredients, every now and again the call of the drive-thru does resonate in my head. Well, Bart feels the same, but he works to avoid going through with it, and what he does instead is look in the fridge, see what he can put together, and come up with a delicious home-cooked meal very quickly. You'll also hear that it's important to Bart to talk to people while he's on the road, to talk to the locals, and he says you can do that when you're on the road. Do it in your hometown. Find out where the farmers are, find out where the honey is coming from. When you're on the road, talk to people who are cooking around a campfire. Talk to people who are fishing. He said he's asked people what they're catching that day and winds up with two fish that they've given him, and then he invites them to his trailer to join him for dinner. So for Bart, and I think this is so admirable, personal connection is really, really important. It just leads to wonderful experiences in life, and you're going to hear about some of those experiences that Bart has had along the way. All right, that's enough for me. Let's go now to the interview. This happened over the computer between Vancouver on my side and Summerlin, which is basically part of Las Vegas, on Bart's side. Here's my talk with the camper chef himself. Well, listen, Bart, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. I'm delighted to be speaking to you across the miles here from Vancouver all the way down to the Mojave Desert. So uh, thanks for being on Cheftimony. My pleasure. My pleasure. Welcome to Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I wish wished I was there right now, although maybe not. Um, I'm I'm not much of a uh, a fan of the heat, so I tend to stay inside in Vegas in the summer. What What's the weather doing these days? Is it uh, it's about one hundred and five right now? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty warm. That's yeah. Pretty warm. But the funny thing is, talking about the weather, um, I'm from Belgium originally, uh, Belgium, Europe, hence where the accent comes from, and. Um, I had a little interview earlier on today um, with a Belgian news station, and um, they're facing a heat wave in Belgium. So they called me. They're like, hey, Bart, can we do an interview? Because you live in Vegas. It's hot out there, and we're actually in a 
scapegoat red situation in Belgium right now. So uh, tomorrow will be the hottest day in history. I'm like, wow. wow. I'm like, that's exciting. I'm like, how hot is it? And they're like, uh, it's 100 degrees out here tomorrow. I'm like, um, <laughs> that, <laughs> we're that's facing like 105 every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, might have to put a jacket on for that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, Bart, speaking speaking of Belgium, give us some background, please. Tell us, how, how did you come to be, um, come to, to move from Belgium to, I know you're in Summerlin now, just outside of Vegas or, or really part of Vegas. So how did that transition happen and, and how did you become camper chef? I love that. Uh, I love that handle. Yeah, it's actually an amazing story, and um, it's only two years old. Um, every time that I do an interview, the the journalists or the writers are like, are you serious? So I'm going to tell you the same story. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so basically, a little over 10 years ago, I started up a solar company, uh, Green Energy Systems with solar panels, which was really exciting. And um, yeah, and I'm actually proud of it. So I grew it from from nothing all the way up to a fairly big company back in Western Europe. And a couple of years down the road, I opened up an office in Sacramento, California, because I always had the passion to spend time in California and Nevada because it's America, you know, like we all dream about it. So, and I started up my solar company in Sacramento, California, and it brought me to the fact that I had to fly literally every month between belgium and california for like five years in a row wow so back in 2012 um i decided to move to the united states and ended up in las vegas actually in boulder city which is a small town outside of las vegas and um yeah running my solar company raising the kids with my wifey back at that time and yeah winter summer actually summer 2017 my wife and I decided to break up, and um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go on a road trip. I'll take the kids with me. I'm going to travel all over California, Nevada, Arizona, Utah at that point. And yeah, literally five hours into it, my kids were hungry, and I was traveling with three young boys. Like, Yeah, yeah. Fit- you, you got to figure out lunch. <laughs> Exactly. I had to figure out lunch, like, uh, nevertheless, like facing the divorce and the breakup, which is not always easy, obviously. But the kids were traveling with me and four or five hours into the road trip, they were like, that we're hungry. I'm like, yeah, let's pull over to a restaurant. And here I am with a big SUV and a 30 foot Airstream trailer pulling into a restaurant. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm going to be on the road for like two and a half to three months with these kids. Like, I'm not going to be dining out in restaurants for breakfast lunch and dinner so i know a couple chefs back in belgium because i've always been passionate about cooking not that i was a great cook at that point but i know how to make a couple things and um emailed them like hey guys you know what like divorce breakup traveling with kids i need some recipes and tell me what to do because i need to start cooking for these little ones and myself so 24 hours later, I ended up with a whole bunch of emails and a whole bunch of stories for the divorce. But like the main thing was like, here are a whole bunch of recipes and they showed me how to bake bread, how to make pastas and all that kind of stuff. And I walked into a couple stores, bought everything that I needed from pots and pans and skillets and grills and forks and knives. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Let's do it. I can Let's do make it, it happen. And, and before that had happened, before you got these emails and, and suggestions from your friends, did you have any kitchen set up in your Airstream at all? Or? 
Did you yeah, go from I, I, okay? So yeah, you had- yeah, I did have a kitchen in it, and I obviously had a couple of plates and a couple of pots and pans. But mm-hmm. like, I didn't really have the experience to cook, let alone cook outdoors in the summer in eighty to one hundred and fifteen degrees outside. So, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I was looking at people at the campgrounds, and they were all. Yeah, making the typical steaks and baked potatoes and hot dogs. And it really dawned on me. I'm like, I want to raise my kids healthy because it's important. Like, they need to know where the food comes from. Coincidentally, like, was like literally forced to go to farmer's markets and healthy stores. And I picked up some fresh produce and fresh meats and seafoods. And part of the day during the vacation during the road trip was like teaching my kids how to cook meals like here i am like an unexperienced chef but like cooking meals and yeah we did it and people were looking at us at the campgrounds like hey wow that's cool you're baking bread outside on the campfire i'm like yeah i learned it i mean it's possible why should i make hot dogs why should i go to restaurants so weeks go by stuff yeah yeah and it's it's really possible and um but never in a million years that I thought that I was going to do something professionally with it. So a couple of weeks go by and I got a phone call from a radio host out of Belgium who runs a radio show out of Hollywood, California. And he called me. He's like, hey, Bart, Peter, I know him. And he's like, hey, I want to do an interview with you about your about you and stuff and what's happening. I'm like, dude, I'm like going through a divorce. I'm traveling with my kids. I don't want to talk about green energy. And he's like, literally, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk about green energy. I want to talk I, I don't about, want to talk about solar panels. No. <laughs> I want to talk about you traveling with the kids as a single dad cooking meals living the dream in america with an airstream i'm like i'm not living the dream <laughs> like trying to stay alive <laughs> he's like it's a cool interview i'm like you know what let's do it so we did the interview and they broadcast it nationally yeah it was broadcasted nationally back in belgium and holland and people all over the world could listen to it so fast forward a couple of weeks later my emails filled up with requests for interviews cookbook proposals all kinds of stuff. And I kind of pushed it off to the side a little bit because of my situation. Until October, I'm like, you know what? Like, people kept on asking me, like, hey, can I get your recipe for this? Because I posted everything on social media, on my private social media page, my Facebook page at that time. Mm-hmm. And back in October, I'm like, you know what? Like, I got to do something with this because all these people worldwide are hitting me up. They won't forget about it. <laughs> like, what do I do with this? And I started thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start an Instagram page. I'm going to call it Camper Chef because that was available. I'm like, I'm camping and cooking. I got a camper. I look like a chef. I act like a chef. So I'll call it Camper Chef. Um, And by this time you're, you're putting out great food. Yeah, exactly. And in the meantime, I kept on posting pictures on there just to keep everybody a little bit happy and i thought like you know what if i this will fade away by the time it's christmas nobody will talk about it anymore people will forget about it 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 was an unstoppable machine now two years later like literally almost two years later i'm like facing tens of thousands of fans i write articles for 17 different magazines i'm producing tv shows cooking shows I traveled all over the US. I got like 76 sponsors right now from <laughs> pots and pans to skillets to tents. Yeah, you won't even believe it. We're talking to Netflix right now, Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And I love it. I have to be honest, like solar is a lot less. And right. is like full time my life right now. And 
I love it. Creating how, meals. It's fun. Right, right. Well, how wonderful to have that that growth in two years. And and maybe take us back. Let's anchor it in the food. Take us back. Can you can you recall either your you know your first dish when you when you uh, got the emails back from your friends in Europe, or or one of your fir- one of your favorites in the first week that you put together yeah. with your kids. So I obviously looked back because I was kind of forced to cook for my kids, um, to say it in a pleasant way or, or, or to be really positive. So I obviously looked back into my own youth. My, my grandma on my mom's side has like Hungarian, Italian roots, German roots. There's a lot of influence from Eastern Europe and Southern Europe. And then my grandma from my dad's side, uh, 100% Belgium. We used to live on a, in a farm community town back in the days with cows and chickens and I know what it is to milk a cow and to butcher a chicken, so I kind of grew up with that. And I was always passionate about how my grandmas were baking bread and cooking meals and, and making things out of nothing. Soups, pastas, typical sausages and potatoes. So what my first meal that I cooked with my children was literally stump. And stump is a typical Belgian poor man's dinner. And I still cook it as of today. I kind of perfected it over time. But it's based out of mashed potatoes and it's extremely healthy because we add vegetables to it. So you mash your potatoes and then you add broccoli and the other day you add carrots to it you can literally add any vegetable to it and then you add meat to it like you can add chicken to it and mash the whole thing together and it's actually a meal and it feeds the family and that's what farmers did back in the days back in belgium and it dates back to the early 1500s and um that's what i'm doing right now with my whole cooking thing like i'm trying to teach people that it's easier than they think to cook a meal while they're camping if i can do it then everybody can do it i like to look at a soup or something and and change it a little bit and bring it to another level. Sure. And isn't it amazing what you can do with just a few things out of the fridge? And I think of this dish you've just described, stump. Am I saying that right? Yeah, S-T-O-E-M-P, stump, yes. Stump, okay. Yeah, well, it sounds like something similar to what my fiancé and I have been doing in recent months because we went to see a financial advisor and we went through various meetings with this woman. And one of the big things that fell out of that was we finally started paying attention to how much we were spending on lunches every week, you know, just just in the middle of the workday running out to grab some lunch, which is usually pretty disappointing, you know, unless you're really going to spend a lot of money in, in downtown Vancouver, you're going to get, you know, an okay lunch, but it's going to cost you quite a bit. So we've really been exactly. trying to think about, you know, what can we pull out of the fridge and I'm, a, you know, and I've been interested in cooking and cooking fairly regularly for years and years. But still, to me, it was a really great lesson that you don't need a lot in the fridge to pull out and make a, a very good meal. Exactly. Um, that's what I'm trying to teach people. I obviously generated a lot of fans worldwide by doing what I do right now, because social media is one thing. And we're basically showcasing what you can do while you're traveling. But you can actually do the same thing while you're at home. And one of the cool things that I like about cooking is, yes, you got to be creative. And I do the same thing. Don't misunderstand. Don't misunderstand the fact that I also live a normal life at the end of the day. And I do come home at like 6, 7 o'clock at night after a TV production or an interview or a photo shoot. And here I am looking at my kids and I open up my fridge and I'm like, you know what? What am I going to cook? Because I've been cooking all day long right. and I still have that same momentum. And I still have the same 
thought in my mind of like, yeah, let's jump in the car. Let's go to a drive-thru and pick up some food. And I thought about it. And maybe that's one of my next cookbooks. It's like, if you take the time, if you look at the fact like, okay, I'm going to open up my fridge no matter what time it is. And you feel like, okay, it's too late and I don't know what to do. You have to jump in your car. You got to drive in your case to Vancouver, find a place, get through a drive-thru, drive back home, plate it, open up the bag. Yeah. eat the food, do all that kind of stuff. My answer to that, and I do it on a daily basis, is like I refuse to do that. Of course, I go through a drive-through every now and then with the kids because I'm not not like taking that away from them. I can be the best chef in the world, but I still believe that we all have to go to a restaurant and, and still do a drive-through. That's okay-ish. But it boils down to like how much time do you spend and how much money do you spend? Right. While you basically got like flour in your kitchen, you got a couple eggs in your refrigerator, you got a couple tomatoes in your refrigerator, you got a piece of chicken in your refrigerator or bacon and a couple vegetables. What I do with that is like I look at my flour and I'm like, you know what? I'll take four eggs, I'll take a couple hundred grams of flour and mix it all together and here's my pasta. Mm-hmm. And then I look in my refrigerator, I got chicken, I got tomato sauce. Why don't I just cook the chicken, pepper, salt, oregano, whatever herbs I got in the house? I'll add some vegetables to it. I puree a little bit of tomato sauce, a little bit of olive oil. And before I know we're eating a freshly cooked pasta, which cost me literally nothing at that point, And I didn't have to leave the house within 30 minutes. And I'm talking fresh, like literally fresh. Everybody can do this. And there's nothing wrong with peeling a potato. You know what I mean? Like peel a couple potatoes, put them in your pot, add some water, add some salt, Cook him. Whatever you got in your fridge, cook it, fry it, grill it. Within 30 minutes, you're eating a meal. And it's awesome because it's a social aspect as well, especially you and your wife, me and the kids, and so many families out there. You don't need to go out for dinner. And that brings me back to Belgium. I had an interesting conversation with a French journalist yesterday about eating out. Like I'm 44 years old right now. And back in the days, like eating out was like a special occasion, maybe once a month on a Friday night. I agree. It's so interesting. I've spoken to a number of chefs on this topic. And and there's this view, which I share that people should probably, uh, because everybody's looking for such value out of restaurants these days, which to some degree is fine. Restaurants should offer good value, but I think it's it's tipped and the point has come where it's unreasonable value and it's it's food is as cheap as it is because cooks aren't paid properly. You know, ingredients aren't sourced well unless you go to really restaurants and there are many of them who really think about sourcing their food. But all of that to say, I think, and, and others have expressed this view that we should just eat out less and be prepared to pay for it when we do. But the rest of the time, let's get back to cooking for ourselves. The fact is, where do you draw the line? It's, it's interesting to see the other chefs worldwide, especially the celebrity chefs. Um, when you go to the Turkish guy, Nusser. Oh, yeah, the salt yeah. guy. Salt Bay. I mean, like trying to get into this restaurant is already a task. Like you need to get a table. You need to be able to get a table, but your bill is between 200 and 400 dollars each. It's obviously an experience. I think it's amazing what he does. But if 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 I would take 400 dollars, mm-hmm. I can feed three kids and a couple girlfriends for a week <laughs> for a you long time. I mean? um, it boils back to to 
and that was a conversation that I had with my seven-year-old and my 11-year-old literally last week. They were like, Dad, can we go to McDonald's? I'm like, why would we do that? And they're like, you know, like you cook all that amazing food, but we feel that we're always in a three-star restaurant, like in the Michelin restaurant. We want to eat normal stuff. I'm like, dude, <laughs> what is normal stuff to you? McDonald's. I'm like, guys, that's not normal. I mean, like, but they're actually right. Like when you overdo it, then it's also not fun. So you got to find that little middle way. And I think I encourage people to to be creative at the house because I look at it as a social aspect. Yes. Well, and that's some well. of the best time, right? The time together preparing food, whether that's with, you know, your spouse. Sourcing it. And sourcing it. Yeah. Well, l- well, tell us about that. Because I know from some of the articles that I've read featuring you that, uh, you know, farmer's markets are important to you, buying fish directly from the boat and and that, it seems to me, does two things, but I'll ask for your thoughts on it. One, it gets you great ingredients, but two, it gives you these great experiences meeting the people who have grown your food. Exactly. And that brings me to my main question that I use all the time. Why not? Literally, why not? When you're right. traveling, why not take the exit and instead of staying at that fancy-fancy hotel, take your camping trailer, bring your tent, like hang out with the locals like talk to the locals like hey we're new we're from vancouver canada we're traveling throughout southern nevada and i want to cook something do you guys got a farmer's market are there any local farmers are there any local wineries there's a lake talk to people that are fishing talk to them that's what i do and that's how camper chef grew over time because i know that i'm an example for a lot of people but that's what i literally do every day when i'm on the road i talk to the local fisher guy the old 75 year old guy that's like sitting there with his fishing pole like hey how are you i'm bart i'm from las vegas and they always talk to me and i'm like hey what's your catch of the day i'm fishing for salmon here today or something like that i'm like would you mind if i buy two of your salmons and 99 out of 100 they're like here take him take um, i yeah. make friends down the road people are proud to share what they've got right and they'll be happy to exactly talk Exactly. And I invite them to join me for lunch or dinner. Like it's, it's giving and taking. And that's what I like about traveling and cooking. That's what I learned over time. Like there's no boundaries to talk to people in general, but when you hang out with the locals, they will always tell you where to go, what to buy. And I try to avoid the big box stores, like the big grocery stores, because I rather pick up seven or six, seven, eight, nine, ten eggs from a local farmer and walk away with a story you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and i make something super fresh out of it because i know where the act comes from at that point and i do the same thing with everything that i can find like and that makes it so exciting and the cool thing is like everybody can do this even in your own hometown look for your local honeybee farm talk to the guy because they're so passionate about what they do Yes, there's yeah, a local honey. Agree, and it's it's so fun. Yeah. I love going to uh, you know a farmers market if I can. I like to get there a little bit even before it opens. And and some of the farmers markets, you know, they'll literally ring a bell, and and people can't sell before the bell rings, but they can sure talk to you, and they'll be happy. To exactly. Tell you, yeah, where where they're growing stuff, who's down the road from them, and what they're up to, and you know what's going to be coming into season next. And it sounds like you take the same approach. Exactly, and that's. 
that's what I really like about it. Like a couple of days ago, I had like an interview and the keyword was like guacamole, make a guacamole. So I went to a local farmer's market here in the South and um, like, and I picked up apples as well. Like I obviously needed avocados and I needed onions and fresh cilantro. And I spoke to a couple Spanish people. I'm like, guys, I really need good cilantro. Where, where can I get it? And he literally picked it and like wow the best cilantro ever and on my way out i saw a guy with like apples and i started talking to him and he's like oh you gotta you gotta try my apples and he recognized me he's like you are the camper chef i'm like yeah i am (laughs) perfect so and he literally gave me four apples literally gave me four apples so i took him with me to the set and i made my guacamole i'm like you know what i'm gonna cut these apples up and i'm gonna add them to my guacamole to make it look interesting and to make it taste differently. And you should really try that. Add little apple okay. pieces to your guacamole. And yeah. Something it's, I wouldn't, it's like a wouldn't total different dimension. Of. Yeah, but it would add some crunch too. Exactly. Crunch, taste, a little sweetness. It's summer. It's hot outside. People loved it. People loved it. And see, and I would never be able to do that if I if I wasn't going to go to that particular location where all these farmers are hanging out. And the guy with the apples, like nobody talks to him and I do that. And that's what I encourage people to do as well. Like talk to people that you meet on the street and bring back those ingredients. And it basically does the same thing as looking at your refrigerator at your house. And that's how you get creative. Right, right. It gives you new tools. Well, another question that falls out of that, because it sounds like you've, you've um, felt your way, learned to cook many things on your own with the benefit of input from you know, your friends in Europe and also the, the producers, the purveyors that you're talking to. But do you also have other mentors, other people who, uh, you know, have some experience cooking in cramped quarters and that wondering, you know, either talking to people at campsites or maybe online discussion groups, there's, there's got to be a community out there that's sh- exchanging ideas. Yeah, there's actually, uh, it boils back to social media. Social media is an unbelievable tool and I'm happy with it. I'm absolutely super happy with it because it connects me to the rest of the world and it connects the world back to me. And there's obviously so many interesting groups out there. And I learn on the fly. I'm still studying like between two and five hours a day that I'm either reading cookbooks, I'm studying chefs, I'm watching YouTube videos, I'm checking out every cooking show on netflix on amazon prime like it, it's it's only two years old camper chef is only two years old but i'm i'm the kind of guy that, that goes all in so i study all the time and it's 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 not a rare occasion that i'm like watching a cooking show until three o'clock in the morning and wake up at six and make breakfast because i want to study him and I look up to chefs, absolutely like the late Anthony Bourdain, like it broke my heart when he passed away. But those people are creative and that's where I get my inspiration from. Like a lot of top chefs worldwide and a lot of food groups worldwide and a lot of cooking shows. I mean, that's what brings me to the point. Like I I, I can do this. I got this. Like, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and I agree with you on social media. It's it's funny. Well, and of course, that's how you and I connected, right? On on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that just exactly wouldn't have happened, whatever, five-ish years ago. And it, there's so much sort of negative. And, you know, I'm sure it's, a, it's another discussion, the, the negative consequences of, of social media. But it really does allow these connections and it allows us 
to fast forward the learning process, right? Like you can decide the exactly. area you're interested in and then really focus yeah. however much time you've really, got there. Social media is a fast tool as well because I literally post a photo of like a pasta bolognese or something like that. And within two hours, I reach like thousands and thousands of people through mm-hmm. stories, through Instagram, to Facebook, through so many options. People reshare it. And that, that makes it beautiful. And that's that's what I like about it, absolutely. I, I would never be able to grow Camper Chef from nothing, even if I wanted to two years ago, to what it is as of today. Right. I yeah. would never no, be able no, to no. do that. Well, listen, take us inside your camper. And can is it still an Airstream when you are out on the road? Is it still an Airstream trailer? It's actually an Avion. An, an Avion is similar as an Airstream. It, it looks really similar. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, please, please describe. Well, I got a couple of them. <laughs> okay. Okay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- tell us about, about the setup. Like what, uh, among your pieces of equipment, maybe you can tell us something that, or a couple of things that are, are indispensable. Uh, I mean, I yeah. can think of a few things in my kitchen, but I'm curious what works for you in, in cramped quarters. Yeah. So since, so it all started with like a 30 foot aluminum camping trailer that I bought as a rack and I completely restored it way before Camper Chef started. I think like two, three years before that, in 2015, I believe that I bought it and took my time to restore it. And I restored it as a family vehicle to go travel with the family at that point. But it turned into a part of like the whole camper chef thing that I'm doing. So besides that, I got like a couple tents. Um, I got like a beautiful tippy tent, uh, custom built by Denver tent, the oldest Denver, the oldest tent company out of Denver, Colorado. And they also built me a big glamping tent, um, which is amazing. It's like, it's like an unbelievable tent. It sleeps up to six people. And it's obviously not cheap, but it's like, it's an unbelievable four season glamping tent it's a yurt like, like right. they call it right. so, okay. so this and is, i like to travel with tents these days yeah, believe it or not like that's I not something it. you're carrying on your back i'm gonna guess <laughs> no 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 um i'm sponsored by um Thule. um oh yeah they yep. shipped the, out the a rooftop box for me yeah and a wrecking system for one of my vehicles so when i literally put my tent in my in my rooftop box and then i'm on the road so Another thing that we use is a van, um, so I can borrow a van from from a van supplier. I can't say about it too much because we're putting that in a cookbook and into um, into a TV show episode. But it's literally like an, an unbelievable Mercedes Sprinter van with yeah, with everything that I need. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. But it brings me to van life, and the van life community is huge. There's over two point six million people that live and travel in vans these days in the United States. I had it's no idea the community that was unbelievable. That big. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's bigger than I thought. There's um, over seven hundred thousand people that travel twenty four seven in the United States with tents. Wow, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable, and they all need to eat and they all need to cook, and, and that's my audience. Of course, of course. Yeah. What What about within your um, the actual kitchen? Whether that's in your tent, your yurt, or your trailer is it uh what would you point to as the as the pieces of equipment is it uh, your knives or specific pan or i think think iron frying pan i think it's a combination i boiled it uh, i I centralized it down to like 
the better cast iron skillets. I love to cook with cast iron because they're so durable. I can put them on campfires or in campfires. I can cook on a regular stove, on a gas stove. But my basic utilities, my basic tools, and I try to minimalize it because here I am as an example, as an influencer to people that go travel. I encourage people to buy one or two pans, maybe a stock pot, Buy a chef's knife and a little paring knife, get yourself an apron, a cutting board, and you're ready to go. And you're good to go. It's like, it's all you need and get yourself a good grill. I mean, I'm sponsored by, by Cobb Grill, which is a beautiful miniature kitchen. Like I call it, like my little travel kitchen. It looks like a little dome. Like I, I can send you some photos or you can see it on my Instagram, but like, that's all you need. You only need a couple basic things to go cook outdoors yeah. or even indoors. Like you don't need too much. I obviously got like, I think I got like 500 knives and 200 skillets. And <laughs> but you don't, you don't travel with them all, all the time. No, no, no. no well, no, isn't no. it amazing? I think of, uh, you know, chefs I know, and I kind of laugh when I go into, you know, the fancy retail kitchen stores and they're full of endless gadgets and, you know, knives of every size and shape. But but in commercial kitchens, you tend to see people using the same, you know, carbon steel pans. They use one or two knives and that if they need a lid for something, they'll grab a sheet pan, right? They just they exactly. improvise. Exactly what on. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you just now that you mention it, and I didn't even think about it. Like here I am with all my equipment, and I use the same things over and over because it's convenient, I guess, and I can take it with me. I got like a wicker basket, and I just throw it in a wicker basket, and then my manager was like, "Yeah, but we need to take all this as well." I'm like, "I'm not going to use it. Like I'm okay with this." And they're like, "No, because we need like different angles." And yes, it's still different because I'm cooking for, I'm, I'm a media chef. That's how I call it. Like I, I cook for the media and for myself and my friends and family, obviously. But in general, I don't have to be that occupied with all the million tools that I need. And, and that's what I like about the top chefs as well. They always use the same knife. Right. Same skillet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. When, yeah, exactly. When you know those tools well, you just go to them and use them exactly yeah exactly uh, how about uh, how about boating life bart have you that's uh, when i think of cramped spaces i think of my time uh, i cooked aboard a, a schooner on the coast of bc called passing cloud and it was just a a wonderful experience but uh, but also challenging because that galley was small mm-hmm. um, have you spent yeah. uh, spent time on boats at all Absolutely. Um, I did an interview on a houseboat, which was really easy, obviously. And I did an interview on, on a yacht, on a little yacht, um, which was like a cramped space as well. And I, I basically capture all that on her camping and camping chef as well, because that's like a camper chef. Like, I mean, it all fits into that same little basket of like, gets to the point of traveling as well even if you're in a boat i mean i know people that are traveling with with yachts and sailboats it's it's amazing and i would love to do a cookbook with like different ways of traveling people on motorcycles that are traveling across the country the people that leave canada travel all over the u.s go to south america on an off-road motorcycle it's the same thing how do you cook what do you eat Mm -hmm. how creative can you be 
And the same thing with the boat. How many people live on boats? It's stunning when you look at the harbors and on the coast of California. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, we had we had friends visiting us this past weekend in uh, Gibson's, which is about a forty-minute uh, ferry ride from Vancouver. And they're you know they're a young family, parents, uh, both doctors in Vancouver, and they've got two kids, and they live full time on their boat. And uh, you know they 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 uh, moor it uh, in near Granville Island, which is very close to downtown Vancouver, and then they uh, you know just pick up the anchor and sail wherever they want to go. See, and they can do exactly the same thing. I mean, they they hit land and they can get off the boat, talk to the locals, pick up food, cook a meal on the, yeah, the boat. Absolutely, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. I encourage people to do that. Sure, yeah. sure. And more than that, I was uh, I was actually working on my podcast on Sunday night, but my fiance was out for a quick sail with them, and they picked up eight crabs. So, I was, wow, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I love crabs. Oh, I love. Oh, good. Crabs. I was so jealous. Well, just a few more questions while while I've got you on the line. I wonder if you could share, not even a recipe, but I'd be curious for, uh, and I'm sure you've got a lot of ideas. You mentioned pasta. That's one great one. But can you give us another dish, something that you can, and stump, of course, but something else that you can describe in, you know, 30 seconds or a minute that, that people can put together in a in a small kitchen in 15 minutes and be sitting down to a great dinner? Yeah. So... I like sandwiches a lot um, because I think bread is like a necessary product that we need to eat, especially if you go with whole grain breads. It's really simple. No matter what time of the day it is, like early in the morning, lunch, dinner, supper, whatever you want to call it, even in the middle of the night when you come home from a party, take a piece of bread, look into your kitchen, basically back to vegetables i like to incorporate vegetables into a sandwich why not see what i mean yeah i mean you got like ham in your refrigerator like try to be a chef like roll up a piece of ham and add some vegetables to your sandwich and maybe cook it in a skillet cook it in a skillet like why not people look at me like but why would i cook a sandwich with vegetables and ham in a skillet why not Olive oil, drizzle of olive oil, prepare your sandwich on your cutting board, and then flip it over. Add some cheese to it, put a lid on top of it, let the cheese melt into your vegetables, and you get yourself a hot, healthy meal. Super easy, super simple to do. Love it. Quickly, love it. Now, another thing. Um, What I really like to do is, and that's another thing, and it goes back to pasta, like try to stock up on, on... spaghetti literally spaghetti in a box like you don't always have to cook it or like make it fresh from from flour and eggs if you get a little bit of time then you can do that but like always keep pasta is really cheap to buy for like a u.s dollar or a canadian dollar maybe two dollars you can buy a box of spaghetti pasta just keep it handy in your house whenever you need it take it boil some water and cook your pasta And then I want to go to seafood. Like, how easy can it be? I'm telling people all the time, pick up some mussels at the store. It's mussel season right now. They're awesome. They're amazing. They taste like a million bucks. And here's a quick recipe for you. Pick up, like, a pound of mussels for you and your fiancé, as an example. Put it in your refrigerator. Do what you got to do during the day. At nighttime, you come home. Boil some hot water salt olive oil cook your pasta take a large skillet 
clean your muscles, rinse them off, clean them off. We don't want to see sand or anything like that. Put your muscles in a skillet. Literally, a little drizzle of olive oil, put some butter on it, pepper, salt, white wine, cream, garlic, and leeks. All you need. It'll take you five minutes to throw it together. Put a lid on your muscles. Turn the fire on. Just let it cook. Once you see the steam, shake them up. Ready to go. Take your pasta. Rinse it off. No, like take a sieve. Like throw your pasta through your sieve. Add it to your muscles in your pan. Stir it all up. Make it look like one big meal, and there you go. Split it in half, put some cheese on it, man, and you feel you feel like a millionaire. It'll take you literally twenty minutes to do this. Twenty minutes, beautiful. It takes you less time than going to McDonald's for sure, for sure. Just <laughs> probably cheaper, and, and probably cheaper, yeah. And just enough time to to uncork the nice uh, bottle of something white to go with it. Exactly, because you just need like maybe like. A quarter of a cup, yeah. So you can enjoy the rest of the white wine with your fiance. She will marry you. Trust okay. me. You cook <laughs> okay. that meal, and, right. uh, she will marry well, you. I'm going to give that a try, and I'm going to report back. You should really try it. <laughs> I'll send you the recipe. <laughs> no, but it's it's really easy. I mean, it's super easy. Everybody can do this. Like, put your muscles in a skillet, butter, olive oil a little bit. You don't need to add water. You don't need to add salt because muscles come out of the sea. But you can. Little pepper, little garlic, just throw it all together. A couple onions, just slice up an onion. Rough, poof, throw it all in there. If you get tomatoes, throw tomatoes in it. Whatever you got in your fridge, add it to the mussels. Two, three vegetables, white wine, cream, pepper, and there you go. And there we go. Put your pasta in it, and you get an amazing, an amazing meal. Thank me later for it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll post some pictures with my thanks. Well, well, last question, Bart, tell us uh, where your where the road is going to take you next and, and whether it's going to be uh, anywhere near Vancouver. Exactly. So if it was up to my fans, uh, then I would have to travel like 24-7 and come yeah. visit everybody. I would love to do that. No, but the next road trip will be... Um, will be california again i'm gonna go to northern california then i'm gonna go to uh what is the next one salt lake city for an interview with devin supertramp uh, he's one of youtube's uh, favorite heroes youtubers um then i'm gonna go back to las vegas then i gotta cook for the beverly hills food and wine festival and then i got like um a production coming up in arkansas i got another one in texas and before the end of the year believe it or not i gotta go visit my apron sponsor out of vancouver canada hey. uh, which is me chef so we'll definitely come visit you before the end of the year fantastic okay yeah. I'm gonna... so and i probably have like another excuse to go to canada whenever you guys are going to get married after that muscle and pasta dinner i'll be cooking at your i'll be cooking <laughs> at your wedding with be... a couple other chefs <laughs> that's what we're going to be serving at the wedding dinner as long as you got a backyard and I can pitch my tent and I'm yeah. happy. I bring my own home. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. And we do. 
Terrific. Well, listen, Bart, thank you so much. And where where is the best place for my listeners to follow you? Camper Chef on Instagram and Facebook? I think Camper Chef on Instagram. Instagram is the big thing these days. Uh, they can Google it. and then, uh, But I think Instagram is like constantly up to date. So we're working really hard on cool content, cool photos. Yeah, we do our best. Wonderful. To keep everybody entertained. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing a great job. I can't wait to share this with my listeners. Thanks, Bart. My pleasure. My pleasure. Bye, Graham. Well, what a fun talk. Bart, thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I know you've got a really busy schedule and lots of interviews on the go, so it meant a lot that you uh, chose to take the time to be on Cheftimony. I'm definitely going to give that muscle recipe a go, and I'll let you know how that goes as well. And please do, for sure, look me up when you come to Vancouver. It would be great to, uh, to take you out to some of the local spots here, or on the Sunshine Coast, for that matter. And if you make it this far, you can absolutely pitch the tent in our backyard. Okay, that brings us to the end of the show for today. As I said at the beginning, I'm loving hearing from listeners, so please don't hesitate to get in touch. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm regularly on those pages, particularly Instagram. Or if it's easier, just send me an email to graham at cheftimony.com. As always, I'm going to make my plea for reviews and ratings. It doesn't take long, and it really does help other people to find the show. I really appreciate the people who have taken the time to leave reviews and ratings so far. And if you haven't done that yet, please think about it. It would be great. Okay, that's all for today. I'm Graham McLennan. Thanks for joining me as always. And I'll see you here next week on Chef Demonio.